Welcome everyone, Good Life Housing Partners, episode 54, sitting here at the Good Life HQ in downtown Los Angeles. It is September 20th, 2021. We've had a very rough day in the stock market. I think the market was down almost a thousand points at some point today, and it was uh, mostly all on uh, fears of uh, China, Ever- yeah, China Evergrande that was on this, you know, seemingly precipitous of collapse, and we also had uh, some, re- some, uh, I guess, a reforecasting of what um, GDP, growth, GDP growth was going to be. It went from I guess at one point it was eight percent, then it was four percent. Now it's trickled down to three point two percent, and so just it seems like it's it's some of that what we talked about in 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 July and August, where you're getting these confluence of other things happening, like the end of unemployment benefits and back to school, and then you have these new things happening, like well, GDP is slowing down. Is it because of a Delta variant? Is it because of less spending? Is it because of supply constraints? And then you have new things like. Uh, China Evergrande. <laughs> yeah, it's, so a lot it, happening all at once. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot happening also. I think it's still kind of par for the course a little bit. It's sort of like the back and forth and up and down. And True. Twists and turns we've been doing over the last over a year, I guess. And so, um, you know, like just taking Delta variant of COVID, for example, I think a lot of talk now that we've peaked, you know, and, and one of the things scientists have been seeing, it's, I guess, it seems like there's a peak in every two months. And then, yeah. And, but it's still, yet we, we don't really know enough about it. And if anything COVID has done is really tested the limits of our scientific knowledge and our ability. That's for sure. And so um, while on the one hand, it's, it's, uh, it may be peaking and things seem to be somewhat returning to normal, like you said, and then you have this external factor, this uh, China Evergreen, Evergrande. Um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned it because I, coming into today and thinking about today's podcast, I actually read an interesting article about China Evergrande. I didn't think then this weekend, you know, after reading that article over the weekend, this Monday, it would just have the market crashing because it did suggest for, you know, that the uh, Hong Kong markets I heard last night were, were kind of crashing in Asian markets. And so I didn't think it would spill over this morning into it. But one of the interesting things um, that I was looking at when I was reading about China Evergrande, and I'd heard the name of the company before, and just so people know, it's one of these big real estate conglomerates in China. And uh, interesting number that really caught my attention was, and it's a company that's typical real estate story a lot of times in, in heated markets, and company took on a lot of debt, and then there's one of these huge conglomerates that, you know, got into all sorts of other businesses in addition to building apartments and condos. It uh, built theme parks, it got into healthcare service businesses, it bought a soccer team, and actually uh, sold water, bottled water. I think it had like some um, Jackie Chan and some other celebrities touting its water even. And it even got into electrical vehicle manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And so this huge company, and, and I guess, you know, had a lot of debt, all sorts of junk bonds and different things. And I guess it just ran out of cash, and, and, and uh, uh, this money's, and then with tougher times with the Chinese government policy of, you know, tightening down on and clamping down on people's uh, debt borrowing. It's really um, in risk of, of defaulting and, and going under. Um, but the interesting number that was interesting to me was apparently they've sold 1.4 million apartment units that they've pre-sold and basically have collected about $200 billion from basically condo buyers, <laughs> which they haven't built. And so, but that number in itself just made me really think, wow, 1.4 million apartment units. <laughs> Never seen such a large number of apartments. Yeah. And I was just thinking if... And two billion was the, was the amount billion. of deposits? It was the amount of deposits that they collected. And so it's, it's, a, it's a... So it's a $20,000 deposit. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a pretty uh, large large chunk of money. Um, and I guess it's burned through somehow, drew their other businesses and ventures. And so, 
you know, I've, you know, I, they, there's where it is. The government definitely probably won't save the company, but they may somehow do something to protect the people who've lost their money in some way. Yeah. But but the but they're they're not going to, uh, especially with all the rhetoric that the Chinese um, president has put out, that he would be sort of looking hypocritical if he went and saved the the company now. Right. But uh, but it's but the crazy numbers and uh, you know, the interesting too is they're a public company in Hong Kong and. Uh, in terms of distri distributions, they actually paid out. Here's another interesting number. Uh, since 2018, they paid to the founder of this company 53, um, excuse me, no, uh, 5.3 billion in dividends in U.S. dollars that he collected. 5.3 billion. Billion. Yeah. Oh wow. In, in dividends. So it's it's a uh, pretty pretty crazy. Um, and then I guess and it's it's having some kind of ripple effect now um, to to the rest of the rest of the uh, the market. Uh, the company they said when it first grew, it's only been around for you know less than fifteen years, and uh, the company was backed by a lot of uh, Hong Kong uh, big rich uh, conglomerates. They said, family and offices. so those family offices in the end, they, yeah. they think a lot of those guys are going to be suffering. So maybe that's why there's there's this panic going on now. So who knows who really owns it? But I just thought it was interesting too. So. Uh, but back to the U.S. <laughs> and so, as we mentioned, the you know interesting statistic came out um, last week. Um, you know, there was better job growth than we thought. Um, retail sales on Thursday, the Commerce Department announced, rose 0.7 percent in August uh, from July, uh, which was much better than the economists had forecast. Because the economists actually had forecast the complete opposite; they thought it was going to decline 0.8 percent. So the American consumer. Um, spent a lot more money, and it was much much more confident um, in spending. But I don't. I, I'm I'm curious as to like what, like what what would what would make. I guess it was just all Delta fears, basically. Yeah, the, that the, that was like forecasting the downward trend. Yeah, right? well, all all categories were up. Um, you know the uh, the you know, the one category that actually um, declined a little bit was actually food and restaurant dining, and I think that's more like what you just that's said. Variant. Variant, variant yeah. related. So. Um, but, you know, well, it's all good news and everything, um, you know, and we talked about this before, you know, U.S. citizens have a lot, Americans have a lot of money savings, you know, because of the pandemic. Um, but but the interesting question is that someone posed was, okay, it wasn't as bad as everyone thought. And people seem to be spending more and there's more resiliency with the American consumer. You know, what happens when Delta's gone? Yeah. <laughs> and that, that consumer spending wave is really unleashed. You know, what, what will happen to the economy then? And will you get a really big pop? you know, the K return that everyone talks about. Um, at least some people, like retailers, think think that there's more <coughs> room here. I mean, back to school sales were pretty strong. Very strong. And so now the retailers are like, given the supply chain problems, and we talked about this before about Walmart buying ships, you know, the retailers are loading up for a really uh, Christmas, build up yeah. their inventory for a big year end. So Best Buy, Walmart, Target, they're all on this uh, inventory hoarding spree. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think it'd be, uh, it's curious to like, you know, in some ways, like, I don't know, like, I, I guess the American consumer is definitely on the way back and is, like, looking for new ways to spend money. But there's a lot of, like, it's just a lot of limitations as to what, where to even spend. Because you can't really, like, travel is still a little bit challenged. There's, there's not, like, you're so most people are either back in school or in some level back to job. There's not a, you know, I think that there might be, like, because of a lack of product, there could be a lack of like things to actually buy to some degree. Well, I think online sales have gone up, so just buying clothes, just buying, buying stuff, stuff, yeah. stuff, just stuff, stuff that yeah. you know, as they need. 
Right. It's just consumption, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, and jobless claims also took rose a little bit, but again, just a little bit. So that's why I'm saying it's, it's a little bit of a, you know, we're making progress, slow progress here. Right. Um, and I think that probably is more off of, like, the summer travel season. Yeah. A lot of that seasonal summer summer work is now gone. Yeah. Well, the other reason, they, jobless claims rose 20,000 from the prior week. Well, which is very light. Three, which is very light. Yeah. Um, part of it, they said, is caused by some of the job losses after Hurricane Ida. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that too. And, and so, the, you know, then companies have sort of not been aggressive rehiring yet. They said, or took like, a little yeah, pause. Took a little tampering pause. there, you know. Yeah, so, but, it, but again, still no major unemployment wave. Like, you know, everyone, you know, the doom forecasters were saying when unemployment benefits right out. So that still hasn't really hit. So there's some, there's some positive signs. And so... This week will be interesting, too, because the Fed meets again. And so yeah. it'll be interesting to see where they're coming out again on, on that bond tapering, if they're going to start tapering the $200 billion in bond purchases that they do each month. And so, um, you know, and again, whether they're going to raise interest rates and what they think about inflation. So still the same, a little progress. A little progress. A little, a little, little twist of turns. Right. I, I think today was, was, I don't think it was like a, a you know, a day that's like going to be remembered forever. But I do think there was more at work today than and I think some of it's China Evergrande that you just don't understand the domino effect that, that something like that could have yeah. you know where they, they, they have so much debt and there's so many different but I also at the same time like I don't know that many people that are you know even remotely involved with holding China Evergrande yeah. debt like yeah. I don't like it should or stock it, even like I don't academically know and theoretically it shouldn't really impact at least what we do like real estate because oh, it it's not a US real estate company right. that was in everywhere it's, you know that would be akin to like if it was on the I don't know some major who's one of the major like a major like a Blackstone or something yeah. in real estate going up under or something yeah that would, you know, that, that would be akin to that here right but it's not it but it's not in China yeah. so, it's not so you know what's interesting but, about that that deposit number you have is that I said it's 20,000 is what the, the roughly the deposit mm-hmm. is, but it's actually like closer to two hundred thousand. Yeah. And and so that means because the way I, I the little I know about that deposit in China and the way the financing works there, I think at your first home, and this is what it was a few years ago, you can leverage that at eighty percent, mm-hmm. and then that goes down to like seventy percent on the second home. And for the amount of deposits that are being made there, of one point four million, mm-hmm. I can't imagine those are all first home buyers. Mm-hmm. Some some are they said because there's were probably some, some, there some are. articles I read. Some where, are, yeah. There was but, some, but even some if you're like a first home buyer, yeah, tech worker, like right, will never see your home. <laughs> but but so. even if you're a first home buyer, that means that that home, I don't know what the deposit structure is, but that, if you're putting that much deposit down, mm-hmm. like whatever the on 1.4 million, the average is like almost 200 thousand. That means you're buying almost a million dollar house, yeah. yeah. Right, like it, isn't that like so? And most of these are obviously flats and they're yeah, you yeah, know, high they're rise, high rise flat. But still, that's like. That's like basically here. Yeah. Right? But I but it's I think not, but for those for for a lot of those buyers it's you know, the home, it's their home, right? That whole concept I get of it. ownership in China. So. I I don't dispute like where it's kind of, I just but I'm like it's I, their lifetime one big purchase. I yeah. don't dispute any of that. I don't but I do am surprised that it's that expensive. That's expensive. Oh. Well no, that's and I think that's part of the problem, right? The run up yeah. the pricing and all this and, and which is what the Chinese government's trying to clamp down on. Yeah. Like you you developers or or, right. or but I wonder, like, how much of that is it in, like, the, you know, the mega cities where, where that pricing is, is pretty common? How much of that has now proliferated to these mm. smaller cities? Well, it, it, I think it <laughs> did because I, apparently this company um, 
they they build in almost every city in China. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. So they're huge. So it's I can see like Shanghai, just, Beijing. Shanghai, like they're, they're, you know, they're all in these little like I can see these super cities. those super five cities where that that that's fine and that's sort of normal. Yeah. But then I can see all this next like thirty cities where it's you know, geez, I don't know. Like I don't know how many million dollar condos are floating around there. It's like, is there a million dollar con- condo in like, like. I don't know Amarillo, Texas. I, I don't think there's a condo in Texas. There's more than like a few, like 150 grand. Like I mean, like I don't, you know, it's like you're going into these much more secondary and tertiary cities, and it and seems the like is still so high. yeah, you seem like you're buying yeah, some yeah. like very premium type of yeah. real estate. Well, well, interesting enough to his, uh, so the founder is uh, one of his uh, you know, principles for the core principles for the company. Always talk was development is here's the quote. I thought interesting development. Of real estate is the absolute principle is <laughs> the most priority it's <laughs> you gotta develop you gotta build and uh i like it another interesting note by 2018 they had projects with a floor area space of over 33,000 acres <laughs> so just this Flo- 33,000 acres acres of space basically. of space ready to develop yeah that's what they were building Oh, wow. I can't even visualize that. <laughs> so, so that's why the, these numbers are amazing. Because then, then I step back and think about, you know, you know, like if somehow someone had 1.4 million of apartment units yeah. that all just went bankrupt. Like yeah. that, that would just like that would definitely upset our market. So that's why the number was was fast. Well, I think in a normal year, yeah. I, I don't even think the U.S. builds yeah. a, a, like that many apartment thousand, units. Yeah. No, yeah, I think it's like half a million. Yeah. I mean, so that means like. Maybe this is over a couple of years, but still, like you're you're hitting this max U.S. output, but it's just one yeah, company. And it's just one company. That's, that's <laughs> you know, crazy and it's all sale. Yeah. It's all sale product. It's yeah. not even for. It's not rental product. Yeah. yeah. So. so it's pretty. Yeah, that's a very. It's that, very interesting that and then you know, come Monday it was interesting to see now it's like tanking the market yeah. a little bit. There you go. So. Yeah, that, that, but I think that I think the pull down in the in the GDP. I think you know some of the people are definitely back to work. There seems to be just overall new market activity. Yeah. You know, and I, I think some of these things are, are now, but I think you're right. A lot of this is, is just kind of the, the natural swoon that's going to happen in a yeah, bull market. Yeah, keep, as we keep settling to adjust. The other thing interesting, I guess, last week was in New York City, they had the big SALT conference. Right, 2,500 people, right? Yeah, 2,500 people showed up, and then another 1,500 did it virtually. Which, yeah. So to me, it's a lot of people to, to attend wow. the conference, like, to sit all day virtually. Um, you know, that's like... The big conference, like you said, tons yeah. of people. You know, Bill Clinton, all these big, big guys show up. For yeah, George Bush and everyone. And so, um, you know, it's, it's so the question is: Is Wall Street conferences back? Eh, sort of. So, yeah. I mean, at least they had the conference. Yeah. I, well, I was, you know, I was more switching over to real estate a little bit on conferences. Like I was noticing, like, you know, Marcus has a has a regular conference, and they usually do it regionally. Okay. And. But this year, their conference is, I think it's next month or November, but it's up in the Bay Area. Well, it's, I was like looking at it and I was like seeing all these, I mean, a bunch of people we know, guys like, you know, just people we know in the industry. And, and I was looking, well, I was like, where is this thing? It was in the Bay Area. And it was, it, it was in, the, in a town called Foster City, oh, which Foster is like, City. yeah, I was like, Foster City, I know Foster City. That's like this little town next to San Mateo, which is also a small town. I'm like, how are you getting all these people, a lot of people from L.A.? I was like, how are you getting all these people up from L.A. to Foster City of all places? Like, why would they even go? And then I realized that, like, what the main thing is they're selling, you can do it in person for, like, three, $400 or whatever it is, but they're really trying to send you on the virtual, which yeah, is, like, 100 bucks. Sure. So I think all these people who are actually, like, talking at this thing are all going to go virtual. And they're not actually, like, I would imagine the amount of people actually attend that is very small. But Because I was, like, looking at all these people, I'm like, man, I know a lot of people on this list. Are they all running out to Foster City for this thing? <laughs> 
And I was like surprised. Like I get, but I guess I could, you know I can see where things like salt and these types of things, where if you just want to hear these like thought leaders, I guess you pay a hundred bucks. Well, <laughs> it goes, well, it also goes back to some of it too. You know, you know, we ready for the metaverse. Yeah, you know, the metaverse, the metaverse, and, and the Oculus and everything. And I was reading about um, you know room for Zoom. They call it you know Zoom. Zoom oh, is yeah. now making a um, almost like a little a video pod booth. They call it, but to me, it's it just. It just sounds like a phone booth, yeah. <laughs> you know, but but with, with some video, fancy Zoom equipment yeah, yeah, in there, with video booth, and it's basically a booth. I guess a lot of people have gone back to work now, and we're all in, uh, cubicles or less space. But then you, people need the privacy of a, like a phone booth or Zoom booth to do their Zoom calls because we do so much Zooming now. And Zoom, though, of course, is also trying to diversify revenue streams and stay relevant. You know, once this pandemic ends, and so they've teamed up with a company to make these um, video pod booths. And it's basically got a built-in HP computer and obviously connected to Zoom and Zoom cameras and the super acoustics for sound and stuff. And it's got this height adjustable desk and, um, you know, so you just kind of rent it out and you just, you know, go in in the office as part of, hope, you know, they, they hope it's going to be part of the next, you know, normal office product in the yeah. office spacing now. So, but... Uh, yeah, I hope it doesn't go the way of the... Uh the original phone booth, yeah, which yeah. is pretty hard to find. Well, that's nowadays. what's funny because because <laughs> the original phone booth went business, but somehow now it's coming back in this form of a Zoom booth. Yeah, that's well, kind um, of like. But they're like, also doing a you know trying to do something with Oculus and Facebook to do what I call it. the metaverse again, doing the same concept but using the uh, the make uh, it a little VR more virtual. Headsets. Yeah, the virtual headsets. Again. That's cool. That's cool. Um, well, I think we've talked quite a bit about kind of what's happened today in a pretty pretty news heavy Monday. Um, I know we had one question from a uh, listener in about like what the next city was going to be on for rent control. Uh, and as much as I like to look in crystal balls, I, I don't, <laughs> my, my ball on that one's pretty murky. <laughs> like I would say that I don't know enough about local, about markets that were not, I like, I guess the markets that we're in where there is rent control is definitely not going away like Los Angeles or and markets that don't have it that we're in like Dallas or Vegas is definitely not probably coming in. Yeah. Um, the weird one could be like, like I've seen Phoenix a little bit They're They've become a little bit more, you know, softer uh, with evictions and things like that. So I could see something like that. I can see a place like Portland, maybe, but I don't really, I don't, you know, yeah, know enough I, about I, Portland. I, 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 I agree. There should, I mean, like you said, most, cities who would lean toward wanting these types of protections already have yeah it's like you know like you got in new york you got it like you said california you know maybe parts of new jersey but i don't it's not like all of a sudden like you said texas will just wake yeah. up now and say, like florida is just gonna be like okay hey, we have a problem here something. yeah just because something happened it just wouldn't happen like, like all of a sudden like a plano or irving or something i could you know the one city i could see is austin i could i could austin, see that austin okay. i could that's kind good, of see austin austin could be I can see Austin. I can see Portland. Of Californian people. Did those two? I can see Portland's got some 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 wackier rules on on, on rents yeah. and and apartment living and stuff. So I, it's a it's a good question from uh, Chris out in Texas, actually. Uh, but it's a it's a tough one to answer. Yeah, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of cities in Texas that will be. Implemented. Yeah, I wouldn't say. Yeah, I, I could see Austin. Austin That's Austin, the one. I, Austin, I could see maybe, Austin. Maybe a surrounding city with some like sort of inclusive like housing. At, you know, thing that and they and, they, and I would I would imagine it'd be like right in one portion of town or something like that. It wouldn't yeah. be, you know, citywide or something. I don't know. 
Um, but by, by the way, before I move on from my Zoom pod, do you know what the cost of a, that little pod is? <laughs> Uh, uh, I would, I would, I personally, I wouldn't pay more than a few grand for that. And that would be a, a luxury that probably we wouldn't have in this office. There, there's so it's almost $17,000. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't pay for that. So. Yeah, I need to come out of that looking like Superman. So if, for that if Zoom can sell a lot of these, they're it's good business. I could yeah, see 17 grand. That's, I don't know yeah. what it's doing. Although, although the Zoom revenue, by the way, I don't know if you watched it. I haven't been. Uh, for the last quarter, they're just over a billion dollars in the quarter. And oh. so um, that wow. obviously decreased and it's been decreasing because as we're getting through COVID and people are going back to work, back to the office, um, but they still expect 31% revenue growth this year. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, back to what we started the, co- the pod with, it's, you know, still back and forth, just yeah. <laughs> little by little. Little by little, little just by little. little changes here and there. Um, all right, well, while, we get, while we keep it short, this is a very heavy travel week. You're, you're gone to Dallas for, you know, actually leaving this evening. Leaving so this evening. it's, a, it's a pretty busy travel week for us, but, uh, any, any items of the week starting with the number? Uh, okay. So my number of the week is 21 million and relates to the renter wave that we've been talking hmm. about how, you know, more and more people are renting and basically today, 21 million people rent a home in the suburbs or home being also apartments. In the sub in the suburbs of the 50 largest U.S. metros, which is a, a big jump from 10 years ago, um, you know, where is 12.3.7 million more people do this now. Um, and as an example, here in Los Angeles, where where we're headquartered, uh, the city of Beverly Hills, um, which I never would have thought of this, uh, is also a renter-heavy market. Over 51% of the people living in Beverly Hills actually rent either a house or an apartment. So there aren't that many homeowners in, in Beverly Hills. And um, this trend is projected to continue as more and more suburbs um, outside of major metro areas turn into renter, renter markets. Um, so suburbs of cities like, like D.C., Miami, Los Angeles, San Francisco, all those suburbs are becoming more renter-oriented, less homeownership. So I, I'm surprised that I would think that number would have been like a like a 60, I mean, really 30%, I would have thought would be renters. I, would, yeah. I wouldn't have thought it would be a 50 Yeah, now 50 it's split. costing 50%. It's I, would, I would have thought it would be like one third, maybe rent. Yeah. And I would have said that's like more, because like, you know, Beverly Hills, like as you go kind of south of Beverly Hills, it's more apartments or kind of like small apartment buildings and some bigger ones too. But as you go north, it's, it's homes. Yeah. And so I would have thought that, that the, you know, whatever the apartment base was really just all that kind of south of Wilshire, right, and then yeah. and then all of its rest homes. But I think more people are now renting. I think people are just renting, renting, renting those homes. homes. I mean, I actually now that I think yeah. about it, I know like a handful of people actually yeah. renting homes in Beverly Hills, and that's because they're, for whatever reason, they're priced yeah. out, they're, they're whatever. They want to live there, but they can't buy, buy. and so they're renting there. Um, so, so our country is definitely becoming more and more renter renter nation. Whereas yeah, China is just buying everything. Buying Everyone's everything. gonna own a house. Rent, yeah, they don't <laughs> believe in renting. They just want to buy, it, even though they may not get built. <laughs> yeah, just buy it. Hope, hope for the best. Hope for the best. Buying some secondary city. Uh, that's really interesting, though. That's a, like, that's a trend, especially I think as you in these bigger cities, as people like you know branch out or start living, yeah. you know, in v- multiple cities, you'll start seeing more and more people yeah. renting. Well, them. and again, and again, as as we always talk about, uh, then as home prices keep going up, so yeah, and people can't afford them, it's just yeah. going to become more renting. Yeah, a lot more renting coming. Um, all right, that's that's a very good number. Uh, my number was uh, fifty nine billion, and that is 
what we will end 2021 off on business travel from 2019. So we are basically off 59 billion in business travel from where we were in wow, 2019. That's a lot of revenue to lose. That's a, yeah, it's a lot of revenue. It's a ton of revenue. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a huge number. It shows you just how much, I guess, you know, just business travel is down and people are, you know, I, talk, I was talking to a buddy, he, he's a, like uh, one of your buddies, he's a consultant and big, big four firm. And mm -hmm. uh, I think he's taken one business trip this year after, you know, a, a life that was pretty much at least three business trips a month. And he's, he's slated to maybe take one or two more before the end of the year. And he thinks it's sort of done. Um, I think the overall. You know, you know it's interesting. Yeah. That you just made me think. Do you think we take more business trips now than we did pre-pandemic? You or me? But, but both. I no, I, I think I think I'm about the same. I think you're starting to increase. I, I think I thankfully. definitely take it more. I feel like yeah. I'm taking yeah, you're more. taking more. You you I have definitely more. I feel actually. like I'm taking more. Yeah, you I, have I, more. I mean, other than when we were working on Las Vegas and I was going pretty no. regularly. No, you you actually have. Project. You actually have. But, but I feel like I, I, I've actually been doing a little no. more. There. I, I, I would I would agree that you're you're you actually have. I think you've gone from like a once every three weeks to once every two weeks, maybe even yeah. ten days. Like you're basically, we're about the same. Yeah. And I think your, your travel has just shifted because we, we don't have those closer in projects that you're yeah, having yeah. to schlep out to yeah. Dallas more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what's really happened so for you. But it's interesting, but the, but the rest of the industry is, is obviously not traveling as much. Well, <laughs> so I, I, I think two things. One thing on our end is we realized pretty quickly that we were going to have to get back out there. And there was no way to get these projects done, like, you know, FaceTiming someone at, at like a, a co apartment community and trying to understand yeah. what the the dynamic was or the industrial plex, like what was happening there without actually getting out there ourselves. And, and also meeting folks that were going to help us transact these deals was just, there was no way around it. You had to meet them. I think on the other side that a lot of the business, more of the business travel relies on is like our friends at big four firms are consulting that need to be there. And I think that'll eventually start to change when they start losing some business here and there because somebody did go make the meeting. No, that's that's, that's been the prevailing sort that's of true. logic. The ones like, you know, Ernest and Young loses a contract to Accenture because the Accenture guy rolled in there and wine and died some client. Then, then that stuff, I think the ripple is strong. Yeah. I guess I could see that too because you're, you're right. I, I'm thinking about my big four friends. Yeah. And they, they only now have they started really going out just to network locally. Yeah. But they definitely have not traveled, you know, on a plane. So, so that's interesting, it, you know, uh, yeah, that does probably, you're right, because in that industry, there used, there used to be a lot of travel, massive management yeah. consulting, you know, they're always traveling to different yeah. companies. Well, I think part of it was like, actually win business, yeah, to win and, business. And the other part of it was like, you're charging these like pretty high rates, yeah. and you don't know what the person is doing on the other side. I mean, you kind of want them in, yeah, like, in, in the fire with yeah, you, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's like hard to justify that without yeah. seeing, you know, John show up and like, you know, do all this magical accounting or whatever he's doing. Um, all right, I have two, two quick other items. Uh, my content was just like a lot of college football this weekend. Um, my alma mater fired their coach. They were down two touchdowns and then somehow miraculously uh, were down a quarterback too and then somehow miraculously came back. And so USC looked like the USC of old and they were playing uh, in probably a game they would have lost. Uh, so a, a sports tangent, but that was my content of the okay. week. It was a lot of fun to watch that game. And in the middle of that game, well, during that game, I was actually at Legoland. <laughs> And this goes to my upgrade. And I was going through Legoland with two toddlers, you know, both four years old, both not akin, akin to waiting. I'm probably a toddler myself. I'm not good <laughs> at waiting either. 
And after the first ride, that took like a solid 35 minutes to go on like a one minute, like little <laughs> small world boat tour. I like quickly bought that like upgraded, upgraded reserve, house. reserve and ride thing, which shrunk that like, you know, 35 minute yeah. wait down to about seven, which was yeah, reasonably tolerable. But that was my upgrade of the week. Just buying a reserve and ride for another 150 bucks. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, for, uh, for five hours at Legoland cost me a solid grand. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna need more of those uh, those fast pa pass lines uh, when you get the Disneyland. Oh yeah, I, I should have gotten upgraded. Whatever, there's an upgraded version. Yeah, I wish yeah, I'd bought that, that. Now you know you need to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I asked the gal you. too. I, I you know it's funny because I was like I didn't really think about it, and then I walked in, and then I saw this like you, here you can get the upgrade. I'm like, do I need that with these like little, little guys? Like they're pretty small. We can't go not half these rides. It's like yeah, you're right. You're probably fine. And then right about 28 minutes into that wait for that first little boat thing, I was like, yep, I need to go get that. Damn <laughs> thing. This I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, we won't make it. So, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, it was a, a midweek upgrade for me. So, or a weekend upgrade. Any, uh, any content uh, for you? Quasi content. Um, I did watch a little bit of the Emmys. But it made me, I guess, one of your shows, you mentioned The Crown. Yeah. Won I won drama. everything. Jesus. Um, but this Ted Lasso sounded interesting oh, to me. Oh, you're I'm gonna like to figure the Lasso. out where I can where I can watch that because that's Apple not, TV. That's no, no, I don't, that's oh. not Netflix, right? It's Apple TV. Apple TV, but you need to have the no. You just Apple's you just say Apple app. Oh, oh, just yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it after okay. this. Yeah, we'll okay. get you Apple app. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you'll be fine. I was like, where am I gonna watch this? It looks yeah, interesting. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> good. It's a good show. It's very heartwarming. It's very heartwarming. It's very good show. Uh, any upgrades this week? No, uh, no, no. <laughs> Great. All right, attending a wedding. Attending, <laughs> oh, that's right. We attended. A, attending a wedding. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is my first wedding in a while. It yes. must be yours too. So, yes, and it's, uh, first, like, as you mentioned, it was uh, first time attending a wedding where I realized uh, we we were probably the adults in the. Yeah, in the room. that's generally not the case now. for me. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it was, but it was it was it was actually Rachel in our office got married and uh, it was a really beautiful ceremony in Huntington and. Uh, I mean, she, to her credit, she must have put that thing together really quick, and she did a – it was pretty flawless yeah, for, yeah. like, you know, how nice everything was. And she – I mean, I, I don't know. She worked pretty hard in our office. I'm not sure where she yeah, was she finding the time to, to do all this that, other yeah. stuff, but it was very well planned. It was a lot of fun, and um, it was it was really fun Sunday, yeah, very, actually. very well planned, very well organized. Yeah. Great job. Congratulations again to Rachel and, and Charles. But. Yes. Um, all right. Well, that, that does it for us this week. We'll be back. Monday with, a, with, a, with another pod coming uh, off of a, a big trip to Dallas. That's uh, that's all for the pod this week. Thanks, everyone. Last Be words? safe. Thanks, everyone. Be safe. Get all vaccinated. Right. Thank you all. Bye.